Welcome to Wellness Now, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. Each week we go in depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Wellness Now, presented by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. I'm your host, Dr. Michael White. America spend a reported $32 billion a year on vitamins, minerals, and supplements. But are all of these products effective, safe, and necessary? Today, as part of our Healthy Lifestyle series, we're answering your top questions about vitamins and supplements and how you can make the best choice for your health. Joining us today is Dr. Shahuhe Abdullahi, a DEC District Medical Group Provider and Medical Director at Valleywise Health Comprehensive Health Center in South Phoenix, Levine. Dr. Abdullahi, thank you so much for joining us today. Good afternoon, Dr. White. Thank you for having me. You see these dietary supplements sold in almost every grocery store you walk into. What is really the purpose of a dietary supplement? Well, generally speaking, a dietary supplement should be recommended by your physician as a true deficiency. That means having a cause to suspect you are low of some of these nutrients in your blood is found on your examination during blood work or physical exam. It is interesting. We have a variety, as you said, dietary supplements like vitamins, minerals, fibers, amino acids, herbs, and enzymes over the counter. And most of our community members actually reach out to take them in order to have a healthier lifestyle. I think it would be great if everyone would recognize that the best way actually to get all of these elements uh, is through actually diet and fresh fruit and vegetables and proteins, unless their physicians recommend otherwise. One report that's been you know, circulating widely in the media has been there are over 85,000 different products of this type on the market. Why do you think there are so many of these out there? It is interesting to actually note that uh, people are trying to take these products to stay healthy, take care of themselves. They're trying to use these products to combat diseases like heart disease, diabetes, arthritis, or dementia, or delay the onsets of these diseases. So the intent behind it is um, very well suited to the desire, but I believe that the industry also has capitalized on that desire and produced products that may or may not necessarily be appropriate for everyone to take. In fact, uh, since 1999, NIH has spent actually $2.4 billion studying all of these supplements that we use as dietary supplements on a daily basis. As they've been looking at these studies, had these studies demonstrated anything for that significant investment we've made in the research? Actually, almost all of these studies have proven that there is little to support that even if you take these dietary supplements, you will live longer or it will make you feel better. And by that, I mean, it, there is no actual data supporting that it will slow your cognitive decline, which means your impact on it, on your memory and how, you know, as you advance in life may have memory loss or lower your chances of a lot of chronic diseases such as diabetes, high blood pressure, 
uh, as I said, liver disease, obesity, or dementia. There truthfully is nothing to support it. Now, having said that, it does not mean that there is not a specific subset of population that if you do actually identify there is deficiency would not benefit from these dietary supplements because they have the deficiency and they need to take it to replace those deficiencies in addition to what they take from their diet. You know, I think that's a very, very important point that you've raised is that we talk a lot about all of these being available. We talk a lot about these, you know, just this burgeoning industry in the supplement world, but there are truly, you know, medical conditions, which we see in our practices that truly people need to have these types of augmentation because they can't, for some reason, get it from the natural diet. You know, for some reason, their bodies can't metabolize it properly, or they're just not able to access that source appropriately. So these do fill a much needed need in some of those specialized areas. That is completely correct. And one simple example of those is even without going into excess is that as we mature with time and, you know, have more gray hair, we may need more supplementation of certain, you know, minerals and vitamins, Uh, for example, calcium. Now, again, it is better to get them from natural nutrients like milk. And as again, we mature with time, it is better to have low fat milk or non fat milk. And you being a cardiologist can sympathize with that versus having whole full milk. Or, you know, um, uh, the same thing that if you are in an area where you're not exposed to sun, you may have vitamin D deficiencies, and you will need to have those supplemented. So making sure that those levels are checked, and you're getting those nutrients through your dietary needs. But in addition, if there is not enough of that in what is available to you, to you, what you eat on a daily basis, supplementing it with these vitamins and minerals available truthfully is needed and necessary. But again, um, it has to be something that has to be under the recommendation of your physician, because even though it, it seems so too much of anything, even vitamins and minerals can actually be deleterious to your health. If you're just tuning in, we're talking all about vitamins and supplements and how to know if they're safe and effective. At Valleywise Health, our goal is to help you live your happiest, healthiest life. As part of that, we're excited to be opening new community health centers across Maricopa County to bring exceptional health care right to your neighborhood. In fact, we've recently started offering a number of specialty health services at our brand new Valleywise Health Comprehensive Health Center in Peoria located near Grand Avenue and Cotton Crossing. You can receive primary care for the whole family, as well as dentistry, sports medicine, OBGYN services, and much more. Learn more at valleywisehealth.org. Dr. Ablahi, you know, what are some of the most common supplements that we see used in uh, our patients today? So some of the most common supplements that we do use is vitamin D and C actually make up to about 32% of the vitamins used annually. Multivitamins and minerals actually make up 70% of those. And then following that is uh, fish oil. And this is actually was, again, evaluated by National Institute of Health, which we refer to as NIH. They did a retrospective study from 1999 to 2012. And that is how I got these numbers from. It is from articles specifically related to nutrients and vitamins. Who needs vitamins and supplements? You certainly talked about our bodies changing as we get older around it, which may necessitate the need to supplement. Are there other times in our lives where we may need to have supplementation and be able to take some of these minerals and supplements? 
Absolutely. In addition to talking about, as we said, as we mature with time, if you have a very specific diet. So for example, if you are a vegetarian or a vegan, you may benefit from, you know, having supplementations of vitamin B12 or multivitamins B complex in it because your diet is not rich of generally nutrients, which would contain those, which is generally anything that comes from an animal specifically for our vegans. So that is one example of that. If you have chronic diseases where, as you correctly earlier referred to, where they can impact how food can get absorbed through, you know, your intestine, which can occur with certain diseases. It definitely can occur with diabetes. It can occur with certain infectious diarrheas. It can occur with other issues that can happen in our digestive tract. Then yes, we may need actually to take extra vitamins and they may need to come either in the format of, you know, supplementation taken by mouth or by injections. In addition to the fact that if you're breastfeeding or pregnant, you may need to take extra supplementations during your pregnancy to make sure that you are having a healthy um, pregnancy and that the life that you're nurturing will be a wonderful and beautiful human being who will come. And so, for example, having folic acid as a supplement during pregnancy is necessary for our younger female population because they lose blood through, you know, menses, which is very common and normal, but that may lead to iron deficiency. So iron supplementation is something that may be needed for our female population in a menstruating age. But again, all of these products are, if possible and if accessible to our patients, it is better for them to get these nutrients from their diet, if possible. If not, then absolutely they have to make sure that they take the supplements prescribed to them. So what is the best way for me to know that I need to take a supplement? So what kind of conversation should I be going to my provider with if I am looking to think, Maybe I'm not getting enough of this. How do I have that conversation with my healthcare provider? That is an excellent question. I think as you know, you go and, you know, depending on your health status, how often you see your physician, this is one of those things that should be part of your conversation as you assess, you know, your general overall health, your needs. This has to be a common part of your discussion to make sure you discuss your diet your lifestyles, the medications you take, and the type of food you have access to, and also the availability of you being able to buy certain food in certain areas and make sure those discussions are had in a frank manner with your provider so that your provider can know that if you're at risk of a certain deficiency to make sure that they screen you for those deficiencies. For example, as I mentioned, although we generally don't think about it in Arizona, but when we go into the warmer season, despite us having a lot of sunshine here, we generally avoid going outside because it is actually excessively hot. So then when you do tend to stay inside, you may actually be prone to vitamin D deficiency if you stay hours on end inside and truthfully don't see the light of the day because vitamin D is correlated with how much exposure you have to the light of day. So you may actually be prone to vitamin D deficiency despite being in an area where sun sunshine abounds. So these discussions are very important to have with your provider to determine how and when you will need to get screened. What are some of the tests that I can expect? If, I, if my provider is elected to screen me for some of these things, are they going to do x-ray tests? Are they going to do blood tests? How are they going to determine where I am in the spectrum of possibly needing a supplement? 
So generally, the majority of the tests are blood tests. So for example, whether it's iron deficiency, vitamin D, vitamin B12, they're generally blood tests that can be ordered. And then the determination of whether there is a deficiency is made on the results of those blood tests. Sometimes it is actually made with imaging, which you're referring to like x-rays, specific x-rays. For example, for women, it is recommended to get what's called a DEXA scan at the age of 65. And if on that DEXA scan, we see what as what we refer to in the medical community as osteopenia, which is just a very fancy way of saying that your bone is not as strong as it needs to be, or osteoporosis, which again is just a different level of the bone not being as strong as it needs, then your physician may actually place you on supplements without even checking your blood work because they have confirmation on imaging. The same goes with you know other certain specific results where there may be indicators of specific deficiencies where your provider may feel that the benefit of giving you the multivitamin truthfully outweighs any potential side effects that they may have. You know, I think you make up a good point. You know, we see a lot of these and we see a lot of these, you know, out in the community, you know, and we've had our conversations. How much or how many of these supplements should one person reasonably take? You know, I think you've done a wonderful job of explaining to us that certainly the best is getting through our diet, you know, and in making sure that we're eating good and uh, healthy choices as best we can. But h- how many supplements should one reasonably have to, you know, is there too much that somebody could take or even not enough that somebody should take? Generally, if you have a well-balanced diet, you should not be take, taking other supplements. And uh, generally, the assessment of a well-rounded diet does come with a discussion with your physician and, if needed, being referred to a nutritionist. A very common misconception is that if someone is overweight or obese, that means they're getting enough nutrients. Versus if someone is underweight or thin, they're not. And that is a misconception. It is what you eat, how you eat it, and how you combine food together. But generally saying, the consensus is that if you have a well-balanced diet of fresh fruits, vegetables, sources of calcium and a protein and some carbohydrates, which is what you know generally everyone is very fond of and start it's start anything starchy, that you should have a balanced diet. And the determination of whether you do need any supplementation truthfully has to be made with a very candid conversation with your physician, potentially with a nutrition referral, or if needed, also having your pharmacist be part of that conversation. They generally should not be self-directed, although the majority of the vitamins over the counter do not have high doses of these nutrients, but they may interact with your medication and you, you may not know that if you're not having those conversations. Dr. Abdullahi with District Medical Group and Valleywise Health is answering your top questions about vitamins and supplements. You can make a virtual or in-person appointment with a district medical group provider at Valleywise Health by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. or by visiting valleywisehealth.org and clicking the book appointment button. You know, prior to the break there, we were just talking a little bit about some of those dangers. So what are some of the dangers that somebody could find themselves in if they begin to take too many of these supplements? 
Well, for example, if you are taking antibiotics for an infection, and it can be as simple as you're taking an antibiotic for a urine infection, if you're taking calcium supplements or supplements that have calcium or magnesium or iron in it, it can actually interfere with how well that antibiotic may work in your body, which then may be the reason why you're not responding to the antibiotic and your infection is not being treated despite you being on the correct antibiotic. Or if you are on a specific blood thinner called Coumadin, uh, which we are not using as commonly anymore, but still it is being used, and you take vitamins that have vitamin K in it, it will counteract the effect of the blood thinner and will not allow your blood to be as thin as it needs to be to keep you in a state of well-being that is necessary for you. If you take, for example, ginkgo bilboa, it actually can cause your blood to thin. And if you're already on a blood thinner or maybe on medication like aspirin or Plavix, you know, it may lead to more bleeding. And other medication like St. John's Wurz can actually interact with antidepressants and, you know, if you are on birth controls and impact them and make them less effective. So they actually are not as benign as one would think because they're just over the counter. So again, that brings me to another wonderful question. So if these vitamins and supplements can have so many adverse effects or some so many negative effects, how are they regulated? How are they available, so easily available for us to just go out and, and get them? That is an excellent question. So generally prescribed medications are monitored by Food and Drug Administration, in which we fondly refer to as FDA. And the FDA does not have authority over supplements because they are actually being sold as supplements and the companies are not required to be monitored for the safety of the products. Now, if the Food and Drug Administration receives a complaint, they will look into it, but they generally are not supervised. There are some private groups such as NSF International or U.S. Pharmacopoeia, which, who do put their seals of approvals on a lot of these medications. Again, uh, over-the-counter um, vitamins and supplements, it is, first of all, voluntary for the companies to ask for it. And second of all, these seals are not actually seals of safety, just to be very clear. There are seals of good manufacturing, which they are putting on those labels, which I think is important for the consumer to be aware of. I think that that's a, a wonderful point that you raise is, you know, even though these aren't through the normal process, and we've all learned a lot about the FDA and how they approve drugs, you know, as we've lived through this pandemic um, around that the summit. But we certainly know that, you know, there are flaws in any process, but having an organization that's looking to see about the quality of the product that's being produced is something that individuals ought to look for if they're choosing a supplement or have been recommended a supplement by their clinician or their clinical team. Yes. Uh, besides looking at this, and a supplement's been recognized to me, can someone take supplements with their current medications after a conversation with their clinical team? Absolutely. As long as they make sure that all of their medications has been disclosed uh, to their physician. So commonly what happens is our patients are taking medication prescribed by multiple providers. They may take over-the-counters, which they're not disclosing. They may take uh, medications that are inhaled or applied on the skin. And important is for your provider to know every single medication and supplement that you're using in order to make an informed decision and assist you in making sure that the supplement you're taking 
is appropriate for you does not interact with your medications or if there is a potential of interaction, but the supplement is needed for you to help you assist in understanding what you need to look out for. If you are just tuning in, we're talking all about vitamins and supplements and how to know if they're safe and effective with Dr. Abdullahi with District Medical Group and Valleywise Health. So we've decided that we need to have supplement in our diet for whatever reason um, that we've made this decision. Is there a better time of the day that you should take vitamins and supplements? And should we take them with our normal food or at different times? Excellent questions. Like um, everything else that we consume, there is an appropriate way of doing it and a non-appropriate way of doing it. Even if something is innocuous as a potentially over-the-counter supplement. For example, iron should be taken on empty stomach. Better for it to be taken with a source of vitamin C. So potentially, if you're not a diabetic, emphasizing that, you can take it with you know, lemon juice, orange juice, or any other juice that has a high content of vitamin C. Prenatal vitamins, which have iron, are better taken on an empty stomach. Your vitamins, which are dissolved in fat, which are generally vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K, are better to be taken when you eat food because, again, they dissolve in fat and it's easier for them to get dissolved and absorbed through your intestine after that. Vitamins that are dissolved in water, which we refer to as hydrosoluble, are better taken on an empty stomach. So that is every other vitamin and multivitamin you take with the exception of vitamin A, D, E, and K. Magnesium, some people need to take it, is better taken before bedtime. Fish oil is better taken before meals. And folic acid, Generally, which is recommended in pregnancy, can be taken any time, but because pregnant women tend to have issues with nausea, especially in the first trimester most of the time, it is better to be taken before bedtime. So there are recommendations, as you mentioned, for when to take some of these supplements. Are there any resources that you recommend to your patients outside of having a conversation with their clinical team that you go to and trust about researching which supplements may be better or worse around that? Is there a certain place that you point your patients to to look this information up? Absolutely. So the National Institute of Health, again, endearingly referred to as NIH, does actually have a website called nsa.gov, which is very reliable. Medlineplus.gov is very reliable. And there is actually on Health Human Services website under health.gov, a dietary guideline which was developed between, has reviewed a lot of literature between 2015 and 2020 and has dietary guidelines for supplements and fibers and minerals. I think that's important. You know, it's these trusted sources of literature that are out there that have really looked and studied this question to make sure that, that we have enough information out there that people can make an informed choice about taking some of these types of supplements. Dr. Abdullahi, as we are kind of rounding out our conversation today, what are three things that people can do or take with them from this conversation that will better help them make choices about vitamins and supplements that they may entertain in their diet? I think number one is to try and get the sources of your nutrient from your diet. And by diet, I'm not referring to go on a particular diet. I literally mean by what they eat on a daily basis and making sure that they have a balanced intake of nutrients. If they are not sure if they're having a balanced intake of nutrients to make sure that they have a very open and frank discussion 
with their a physician and considering being referred to a nutritionist if they are following a very specific dietary lifestyle due to religious beliefs, personal beliefs, or needs because of their underlying conditions, which many of our patients do. Again, to absolutely discuss it with their provider if their provider has just missed having that conversation with them or it has not come up for some time and again, make sure and then making sure that if they are taking everything, anything over the counter to discuss it with their provider. I think that's wonderful. And I think we're so bombarded by all of this information that it's just, it's been incredibly useful to have this conversation to really understand that those natural sources, eating a well-balanced diet and many things that we do when we talk about living our healthiest, happiest life is really just a foundational thing. And again, there are going to be times we need to supplement with these items, but truly having that good, comprehensive, well-balanced, you know, a well-thought-out diet is truly a benefit to many of these things. Dr. Abdullahi, District Medical Group Physician at Valleywise Health, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate your time, Dr. White, and everyone else's. Have a very pleasant day. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear something again, you can join us anytime on our podcast at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thank you all and have a wonderful week. Thank you. I appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed listening to Wellness Now, brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There you'll find blogs, podcasts, and information about the healthcare providers you heard on the show. You can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.